So, hello and welcome to my news rep, my curated and opinionated news about SAP and Microsoft. This week there was quite some stuff going on. Um, let's go back to last week's uh, my news rep. There was one blog post by uh, Tobias Hoffmann that I referenced and well, that went quite through the roof. I don't assume it was because I referenced it, but no, who knows. Nevertheless, um, there was quite some stuff going on around that blog. Um, if you remember it, it was about SAP Cloud Platform and the shortcomings of the current trial offering because of the temporal limitation of your um, account. And yeah, there have been some, some further blog posts uh, that came out, uh, one by uh, Dan Hjollet uh, of Digenomica, which yeah was kind of picking the st stuff up and, and mixing it up again and um, well, bringing quite some attention to the topic too. Uh, there was another blog post by uh, Jelena Perfiliga on the SAP community who also picked up the topic by uh, Tobias' um, original blog post, um, brought in some personal experience with Oracle, and then uh, if you scroll down, whew, uh, there are quite some comments, so um, the topic is really hot, and yeah, there is quite some interest and quite some yeah, pressure on that area. And if you scroll down far enough, you will also see that there is one um, post by Jürgen Müller, CTO and member of the board of SAP, who picks up the topic. And that's from my perspective, at least some good indication. There have been two answers to um, that area, at least that I'm aware of from persons that, persons that are really in charge of SAP Cloud Platform. One was uh, um, Stefan Schad who replied to a post by uh, Gregor Wolf, uh, who said uh, they are on it. So they're, they're listening to the problem and they're on it. Stefan is, I, I think, product manager for SAP Cloud Platform. And there was another one by uh, Jürgen Müller, who replied to Dan, um, that he yeah, will push things forward and things will change when it comes to SAP Cloud Platform and the developer trial. So let's see if the actions will follow to these announcements. I'm quite curious. I would say um, we can expect something at TechEd. So just as a feeling of guts. If something comes, then I think it will be announced there because that's the right, right platform for such an announcement. But if nothing comes, I'm quite interesting interested to see what's the aftermath after the um, subtacket if there is no real convincing offering for a developer trial on SAP Cloud Platform. Now there was another post by uh, Tobias Hoffmann, a quite interesting one from my perspective that picked up the topic of a trial. Um, and also stress the topic of free tiering, like all the, the um, other folks have. Um, and I just saw that I did not share my screen. That's great. So um, now 
uh, you hopefully see my screen. So as usual, all the links are in the show notes. Um, so there is another blog by Tobias who um, well proposes a quite creative alternative model for SAP Cloud Platform trial that is based on a containerized approach where all the offerings are um, available through a container registry and you can um, deploy them to the cloud offering where you want to. I really like the approach. I think there are really services like Kima that already follow that approach, but I'm not quite sure if really every service on SAP Cloud Platform um, can follow that paradigm. So I think there will be technical restrictions due to the way the services are built due to the, the way they, they interact with the Cloud Foundry and the Gardner platform underneath. Yeah, so um, I think it's, it's really nice to read. It's in food for the brain, but I'm not really sure that SAP will pick that one up. But let's see. Um, perhaps next week I, I have another several blog posts on that topic. Okay, so then there is another announcement around the SAP Cloud Platform that was pushed out this week. Um, you, from my perspective, completely forget about the blog post itself. There are mainly two messages out there. One is the SAP Cloud Platform Extension Factory is now renamed to Cloud Platform Extension Suite. So just if you look for, for documentation and so on and for slides, this will be the new name of this baby. And there is another announcement that's quite important from my perspective um, that renames the um, extension runtimes or the extension factories. So if you remember, if you took a look at SAP Cloud Platform Kima runtime, this one was called Extension Factory Kima runtime. Now this extension factory thingy was removed. And I think that makes sense um, also for the serverless runtime and for the application runtime, which is basically the Cloud Foundry runtime. Why do I think that makes sense? Because all these runtimes, they aren't only for extending application, but you can also build applications within that runtime. So um, I think that makes things clearer from uh, um, the perspective of conciseness of the naming. Nevertheless, for especially customers, it's another round of renaming and it's another round of confusion I'm, I'm thinking of. But if you um, see those, those offerings, so this is now their official correct naming. Okay, what, what else happened um, on the SAP Cloud Platform? Um, well, as we see now, the cloud platform, from my perspective, matures in a lot of areas. And one point where it's really maturing is tooling and operations. We have here um, now the introduction of cloud management tools. It's a two-part block for SAP Cloud Platform. One is a consistent CLI in order to interact with SAP Cloud Platform, and one is a dealing with a set of APIs. So, um, yeah, I think quite quite important if you really want to, to interact with SAP Cloud Platform, 
every other platform that I know has something like that. Now we have one consistent CLI and one consistent API to interact with SAP Cloud Platform, especially for operations topics. What else did I come across? Um, I came across a post of Marius Obert, one of the um, developer advocates of um, SAP. And he's one repo where he has a lot of examples uh, for HTML5 applications for the SAP cloud platform, multi-cloud environment, um, which will help you to see how to deploy HTML5 applications with app router, without app router, with portal, and so on and so forth. So I think if you are dealing with HTML5 applications on SAP Cloud Platform, this is definitely definitely a repo you should take a look at. Now we have another one. Um, there is another service that um, came out, a managed service for um, integration and delivery, so uh, CI, CD, DevOps area on SAP Cloud Platform. And um, Murali wrote a little blog post about that um, offering and how to bring it to life. He also well, defined or, or pictured out where this service um, comes into play with respect to flexibility and with respect to, to expertise. And he also brought in a little video about that offering. So definitely something to take a look at if you want to um, make your feet wet in that area. Um, there is also one important mentioning here. I don't know if I find it now. Um, some services, so the service itself, the cloud continuous integration delivery service is unfortunately, and here we are again, not available in the trial landscape, so at least not at the moment. However, some components like the alert notification service are available within a trial landscape. So if you really want to do it in the trial, you're not yet able to do that. Okay, then um, let's switch forward towards the SAP Cloud Application Programming Model. There haven't been um, big announcements. There is one uh, podcast that I want to make you aware of. It's a, a podcast series. It's, it's Close the Gap. It's called Close the Gap. And uh, the, the episode 18 deals or has an interview about the SAP Cloud Application Programming Model. It's in German. Um, the guests are Christian Georgi uh, and Ivona Hahn. Those of you who follow Cloud Application Programming Model, for example, on Twitter, are quite aware of those two guys. And um, yeah, it's it's a nice um, and quite long podcast. It's not for techies, so it's not going into the depth about the technology of cloud application programming model and what's happening exactly under the hood. It's more uh, um, for, for entering this area to get a high level overview. And I think um, it's also quite good for, let's call the target audience managers who don't have a very deep technical understanding, but um, 
kind of want to get a grasp onto the cloud application programming model. What's the idea behind it? Why does it make the life easier of um, developers? So for those, for this audience, it's really a perfect uh, podcast from my perspective. So if you listen to it, do it with the right expectation in the back of your head. Then uh, we have another one, a blog that uh, came out last week or a bit more than last week um, about the SAP Cloud Application Programming Model CAP service, using it with um, an analytical focus. So exposing a donor chart or displaying a donor chart on a Fiori um, page. And this is really a step-by-step -step guide what we have to do. And I think what's extremely valuable is what annotations do you have to put where? I mean, it's quite a lot of annotations out there and they are really distributed here and there. Um, and this blog post really, I think, helps you if you want to get started with that stuff. So, um, yeah, quite nice work from my perspective. Then typically next we would talk about Kima. There are no real um, big news about Kima, but I want to draw your attention to DSHG Live, which is the um, annual meeting of the German speaking user group, which is a purely virtual event this year. And within the special interest group development, we will have one talk about Kima by SAP IT. So um, we will have some insight into SAP drinking their own champagne or eating their own dog food, whatever you prefer, um, by using Kima for um, their own purposes in their own real life with uh, customer interaction. So uh, I think that will be a really cool, nice um, talk. And yeah, if you have not yet registered, I would recommend to do so just for, I think this talk is worth it. Just as a little teaser. Now, um, I have one area that I did not have up to now, um, which is uh, the ABAP's not bad area. So I don't know if I will have that every time, but last week there have been quite some announcement in that area that I want to draw your attention to. Um, one thing is the um, RUP generator, so the ABAP RESTful Programming Model Generator, um, which helps you with uh, scaffolding your projects. It's been out quite a while now. It's an open source project and you have now um, some uh, click-through guidance how to use the RUP generator. Um, this I think is quite helpful and um, that's new, that's brand new, came out that week. So if you have to deal with um, the RESTful ABAP programming model and if you want not to implement everything manually, then go for this generator. It's now a bit easier to use and a bit more intuitive. And another thing for the ABAP folks out there, um, those of you who have been around with ABAP since quite some time know that there have been the CDS views that have been introduced with um, SAP NetWheel 7.4. Uh, I think the adoption is not that big out in the world, but um, 
there is already a new generation of CDS views with CDS view entities, which um, is coming with the ABAP release 7.55. So with the next SAP S4 HANA release, I would guess this would be the right release, um, where you have a new type called CDS view entity, which overcomes a lot of shortcomings of the classical CDS views. So if you are working in that area, I would recommend to take a look what's coming, um, even if you might not be able to use it now. That's all from the SAP part of the house. So now let's switch to the Microsoft part of the house. Um, and especially to my beloved Azure Functions. There is one very cool blog post that came out due to the Solar September, which tells you a bit more about Azure Functions because I think most of the people think that Azure Functions are tied to um, Azure. So you can only run Azure Functions within Azure and that's wrong. Azure Functions are open source and they have uh, built-in support even on command line uh, to create a Docker image out of the Azure Functions and so you can deploy them wherever you want, wherever there are containers running. So this blog describes a bit um, how to do that and it also brings up one additional aspect that you have to take into account if you want to deploy Azure Functions, for example, as a, as a container in a Kubernetes cluster. And that's um, a project called KIDA. It's referenced here. Um, the idea is um, if you are in the Kubernetes world, uh, the pods are scaled out by the um, operational plane of, plane of Kubernetes. And the thing that is responsible for that is the horizontal pod autoscaler. And this horizontal pod autoscaler reacts on um, some specific metrics, usually CPU load and, and perhaps memory. Um, and that's not really perfectly fitting um, to the, let's say, demands of an event-driven function. And that is where a project KIDA, which is also open source, kicks in because it enriches this uh, horizontal pod autoscaler in order to, to make the story really uh, a complete story and allows you uh, scaling based on events. So if you're interested in that, take a look at it. There is also a new release of KIDA um, uh, 2.0 in, in beta, which um, yeah, introduces some, some new um, functionalities for KIDA and yeah, also lifts, I think, some shortcomings. Quite nice stuff. Then there is another blog post um, that came out, uh, which is also interesting because this is, from my perspective, one of the, the classical ways how to use uh, serverless and how to use functions, and that's refactoring a classical um, back-end application, a Node.js application, with with Express APIs that you might have deployed. And now you want to go over to uh, the serverless approach. And there was a, a webin webinar, a workshop um, on that topic. You can watch it. The link is here. It's available on, on YouTube. 
and this guides you on a step-by-step -step way through refactoring your Node.js Express APIs to Azure Function applications. So that's yeah one classic use case where you should go that way. Then um, another aspect around Azure Functions that I usually stress whenever I talk about Azure Functions is it's not only for developers, but Azure Functions also support um, PowerShell. So it's not only, um, I don't know, Java, .NET, C Sharp, um, TypeScript, JavaScript, Python. It also supports PowerShell, and this makes it, like this blog post says, a Swiss Army knife for operations. So this really can help you with your um, ops tasks within um, Azure a lot. So if you're interested, if you're an ops guy, if you're working with Microsoft Azure, take a look at that one. It's also, uh, from my perspective, quite interesting, um, for example, if you're running SAP workloads on Azure. So also there, this can in, come in quite handy. So talking about operations and Microsoft, um, those of you who work with Azure, they are quite aware that you can um, and you should do infrastructure as code on Azure. You should do it on, on any platform. On Azure, you have one way to do that, and that's using ARM templates. ARM stands for Azure Resource Manager, so it's the interface layer to the complete resource management on Azure. And there is one blog post series with 10 parts all around ARM templates how to use them, um, what functionalities are in there, what you can do. You can, you see here, for example, how to do a loops within ARM templates in order to spin up your infrastructure, your resources on Azure. Now, for all of you who have worked with ARM, you know that it works. It's not the, the perfect way or it's not the most comfortable way in order to interact with resources in Azure. And that's why Microsoft decided to bring in some abstraction layer on top. And that's called, no joke, Azure Bicep. It's an open source, like nearly everything that Microsoft currently does in the area of development an open source ARM template alternative um, that is built as an abstraction on top of ARM templates and uses some um, declarative domain-specific language. Um, that's quite, quite new. This blog post gives you some um, basic information, how to install uh, Azure uh, Bicep, um, how to, to do the, the basic syntax around um, parameters and so on and so forth. There is also one blog post that goes more into depth um, in the IoT area with IoT Hub and DPS, the device provisioning service of Azure, how you can uh, leverage the, the power of Azure, Azure Bicep there. And today there uh, was one new blog post. Um, as I said, it's, it's really brand new. I think it's, it's version 2.1, yeah, it's version 2.1, which was re released now. And uh, there is a roadmap now that came out 
um, that highlights the different steps that will come out until January 2021. So for example, up to now, there are no loops, there are no conditionals within Azure Bicep, but uh, they, they are going to come at least latest next year. So if you are in charge of the topics and if you are really um, working with infrastructure as code, you should take a look at that one because I think it's much more comfortable than um, dealing with plain ARM templates. Okay, so um, that's it from the Microsoft part of the house. Unfortunately, this week I do not really have any news about SAP and Microsoft. So at least I did not come across anything. If you came across anything, um, just leave me uh, an issue in the GitHub repo. Uh, I will take a look at that. So no news from that area. So I have two more news concerning, let's say, more, more general information um, one thing it's from microsoft but i think it's um, transferable to every every other cloud and, and development of apis so it's a short video um, or interview about how microsoft creates apis so what are their um, approaches their design approaches on creating apis for microsoft i think quite an interesting point of view um, if you're dealing with APIs, if you're working with APIs, if you have to develop APIs, because yeah, it's always a bit tricky to make really good APIs. And well, perhaps this little video helps you with that undercoming. Then there is one um, further um, area of resource that I want to draw your attention to. It's also quite new if you're interested in Azure and if you're interested in the ecosystem around Azure, there is this Azure Crazy um, web page, landing page that came out. Um, it's new, there is not too much content on there up to now. There are a lot of interviews with uh, folks from the um, Azure ecosystem, like here, um, Grigor Sati, who is interviewed. So um, if you want to take a little look into the Azure ecosystem, this might be a nice landing page. Then we have two more topics on the page. We have uh, developer productivity. So for those of you who are not working on a Mac, who use Windows like me, um, but who like to use uh, Linux on Windows, there is the Windows Linux subs Windows subsystem for Linux um, version two that uh, came out. Um, I think um, at the beginning of this year, and it's downported to 1903 and 1909. So if you are on a on a lower version of Windows, which especially is the case with I think corporate equipment like corporate laptops, corporate workstations, because usually corporate IT is quite conservative. Um, this might be your way to, to get along with um, WSL, WSL2. So um, that's out, so you can now install and uh, use Linux on your Windows system. Then 
we have one other news. Um, perhaps you uh, came across Visual Studio Code Spaces. Um, they are nothing new. They have been announced quite some time ago. Uh, they are the kind of um, pendant to um, the Business Application Studio. So it's the Visual Studio Code kind of cloud-provided development environment that uh, was announced by Microsoft and was quite um, well received by all the developers. And then um, later last year, I think, uh, GitHub brought out something comparable, which was GitHub Code Spaces, which from my perspective was the same thing, just based on, on the GitHub ecosystem. And now um, Microsoft decided that they will consolidate those two offerings and they are moving to GitHub Code Spaces. So they are leaving behind Visual Studio Code Spaces and uh, the go-to place is GitHub Code Spaces. This blog um, tells you a bit about the background, why they do it and um, what's coming next. And for those of you who are using uh, Visual Studio um, um, Code Spaces, how to proceed. It's also quite interesting uh, announcement. And yeah, one could now clearly see, I think that Microsoft is also pushing their ecosystem around GitHub. Um, and th th this way also leveraging um, developer productivity. Okay, so that's it from that section. And then as you know, I usually, if if I think if I have somebody, I uh, bring some person to your attention that it might make sense to follow. And this time it's uh, the host of um, the Close the Gap podcast. It's Christian Michel. Um, as I said before, this podcast is business technology. So it's not for the hardcore techies, but... Um, I have now listened to some episodes and I, I personally like the way the, the stuff is presented. I like the different point of view of that. And I really like the, the enthusiasm and the sophisticated way how um, Christian is presenting all the stuff. So if you are interested in that area and if you want to have also some, some different point of views on the technology in the SAP area, then I think it's worth following this person. Okay, um, yeah, that's it from my side. I have not more news about SAP, about Microsoft. Um, there is one, one thing, one mentioning here um, concerning the uh, CDS view entities. Yeah, on-prem, they will be available on um, S4 HANA 2020, so on the upcoming S4 HANA release. In the cloud, it's already available since ABAP Cloud Platform 2008, so since the um, August release of Steampunk. Uh, thanks, Søren, for the hint. So, um, yeah, that's it. I thank you for listening, for watching. If you have any input, just drop an issue in the um, GitHub repo that is available for this episode and for all the other episodes that um, are out there. And yeah, I hope to see you, hear you 
next week at episode four. Have a nice Friday, have a nice weekend, and till then, bye.